This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, guys. Hey. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to the show, Alex and I are estheticians in Brooklyn, New York, and we get to see you here every Friday to teach you everything that we know about beauty and skincare. And occasionally we have a guest expert to come on and they teach us everything that they know also. Like today, we've got a great guest expert for you guys. We do. And we're going to be chatting today about something that Elizabeth and I are both really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, we and we have a lot of um, we have a lot of listeners write us in asking about natural products, mm-hmm. and we really just want to clear up the difference. And I mean, I guess also non differences of synthesized ingredients versus natural ingredients. Totally. And to help us chat about that, we have a wonderful guest expert on. Her name is Genesis Velasquez, mm-hmm. and Genesis has several years of experience launching skincare, personal care, hair care, along with other consumer goods. She is a bad bitch scientist. <laughs> yes. With a passion for beauty product innovation inspired by her love of creating pretty things and the science that brings them all to life. Genesis is now the founder of Elite Gen Innovation, a turnkey product development company. She works with beauty brand owners to provide R&D and product management support to help independent beauty brands launch successful products. She hopes to grow this service to build successful brands for beauty entrepreneurs, big and small. So cool. Yeah, I love speaking with her because... You know, I think that you and I kind of have an idea of how products are made just because we're in the industry, but I don't think that the average layperson has any idea of, you know, from start to finish, from idea to concept, how beauty products and skincare products are really created and formulated. And it's cool. It was really cool to speak with somebody who is a cosmetic chemist. She knows the formula, but then they also work on all the things that we see, which is like the packaging, the branding, like all of the marketing. So Mm -hmm. it was really cool. She's definitely one of us in that she's like, I could do it. What, you need everything, an entire brand, an entire product from beginning (laughs) to end? That's no problem. I can do that all for you. No, it's pretty awesome. I was going to say that I'm excited because we've been, you know, taking y'all through our hippie shit series and, you know, kind of, you know, the aging like a fine wine hippie shit series, microcurrent series. It's all just like ways to talk about, to kind of like bundle and talk about all these different ideas. But in reality, like they're all so interconnected. And we kind of were joking that we're taking you guys through the same journey that Alex and I separately had 
in terms of skincare, in terms of like falling in love with skincare, whereas we first were like, oh my God, the earth is awesome. <laughs> Let's just do everything <laughs> all natural. And then as one of my clients said, uh, then you came off of the commune and <laughs> I honestly went to aesthetic school and I learned the combination of like my own, you know, Google uh, education in understanding natural ingredients and, you know, beauty chemistry and realizing that they are one in the same in the same thing that we saw on their journey in like herbs and botanicals, right? It's like it all started with plants and then it became medicine. And so a lot of these ingredients that we talk about are all based in nature. But then the scientist was like, well, this is really unstable to just like put in a bottle. So let's come up with like mm-hmm. the best, cleanest molecule, the best version of this. And then we can make it even fucking better. And let's put that in the bottle because it makes a lot more sense. And as I always say, we're in the fucking future. We don't have to just pick it from the earth. It's true. I love saying earth with an F. I hope that comes through in the podcast. (laughs) I'm sure that it does. I'm sure that it does. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. Well, we're both really excited to talk to you guys about synthesized ingredients. It's It's our second love. Yeah. You know? But I think it's where all the good shit is. It's where if you're trying to age like a fine wine, look, this is where you want to be. Yeah, this is where you'll find it. This is where you want to be sitting here with us. In your 20s, I think it's it's maybe it's cute to play with just like herbs and oils and all those things. And if you still want to do that, that's fine. That is just fine. (laughs) Yeah, sure. But your girl is 36 looking 26. And it ain't just Mm -hmm. from the oils. Mm -mm -mm. If you're trying to J-Lo it into your 50s. You want to pay attention. You want to listen to this episode. Pay very close attention. <laughs> um. So with that, Shapiro, should we jump in? Yeah, let's jump in. Well, I guess first we got to tell them, y'all, if you could do us the greatest favor, do the greatest thing that a bad bitch friend could do for another bad bitch, you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts because that's how other future beauty baddies find us. It's how we race through the ranks. It's how we keep our show. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, we would love um, it. You can also send us your listener letters to truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Um, so do you want to maybe give us just like a brief overview of the difference between synthesized and natural ingredients? I feel like you always have a good way of explaining. Yes. Aside from the knowledge that I already had, the other place um, that I got the resources for today's episode is from Leslie Bauman's book, Cosmeceuticals and Cosmetic Ingredients, um, because I needed a refresher, do you know? So... I always hesitate because I think that we're living in this really weird area of natural versus not natural, right? Like to keep things easy, we'll say natural versus synthesized. And synthesized seems to be like a dirty word and I'm Mm -hmm. not here for it. I'm here for synthesized ingredients because... We say it all the time. We need both. We need a little bit of the earth. We need a little bit of science. And the science comes because in a perfect world, if we all had perfect, beautiful, quote unquote perfect, I hate the P word, but if we all Mm -hmm. had like, quote unquote, perfect, luminous, glowing, non-acneic, non-wrinkled skin, yes, it would be so great to just use 
organic ingredients. In that, I mean exactly what we've been talking about with our hippie shit episode. Just clays from the earth mixed with water. Just clean natural carrier oils mixed with herbs and, you know, some mushrooms. Just essential oils. Which to me, like, those are truly organic ingredients. Things that come from the ground. But we're all fucked up! We all have issues because we're living in today's world, because we eat the things, because we live in cities, because we have the earth as much as we love it. We fuck it up. And so it tries to kill us because we, you know, because of all these things, all these different ways that we're fucking up our bodies. We need more than just the earth to combat. Right. So. Because our skin is kind of a mess, we need really, really smart ingredients that are going to penetrate into our epidermis. And if we can get really lucky, if we can get like pharmaceutical grade and medical grade products, go all the way to the dermis and really work on the cellular level to help our skin, to give our skin and our skin cells optimization. And so that's what synthesized ingredients are. Our synthesized ingredients are ingredients that are, yes, created in a lab or created by science. But more often than not, most times, they're based on things that are in nature. Mm-hmm. The ingredient that we're synthesizing or the active ingredient that we're synthesizing comes from something that's already, we found, works in nature. We're just trying to get the purest form best form of that ingredient to help us, to help us work uh, the best that we can. And I think that a really great um, example is actually within this book. I think that Leslie Bowman talks about um, L-ascorbic acid in a really great way. Most topical formulations contain synthetic laboratory-made ascorbic acid because of the inherent obstacles in properly formulating this ingredient. Ascorbic acid is naturally occurring and Organic forms are available, but their efficacy is doubtful due to instability and difficulty penetrating into the skin. So Alex and I actually talk about this a lot when we talk about vitamin C, is that even the most expensive vitamin C on the market right now, we are so doubtful as to how effective it can be because the way that it is packaged, as soon as you open up that bottle, there's so much oxidation that's occurring and vitamin C a.k.a. ascorbic acid, is so volatile. She just said it right here. Bitch, you can't make it, you can't put it in a product without synthesizing it because it's so volatile. And it oxidizes so quickly that, like, you're paying $200, but how long is that really going to be effective? The first time you open it? After that, how much longer? I guess one thing that I just wanted to point out and something that really annoys me, but I understand, is that the word natural... You see it on a lot of skincare products, and it honestly has no meaning. It has a meaning to the consumer, but internally it has no actual meaning. There's no actual definition for the term natural, at least not in the U.S. And I just feel like it's become such a buzzword. And so these skincare companies like make sure that that, the word natural is somewhere on the bottle or somewhere in their description And it's just really frustrating to me because that word is not regulated and it's kind of up to you to decide what you even think it means because there's no way for them to prove that it's quote unquote natural. And I think that's just really important for people to understand. You could say that vitamin C products are natural if Mm -hmm. you wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, again, why that word has no fucking meaning to me. 
Totally. And also vitamin C like isn't naturally occurring in humans anyway. So like regardless, you would have to, you know, somehow ingest it and what you're going to put a natural like a whole orange right in a bottle. Like, right. <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, synthesized ain't bad. Synthesized is good. No, synthesized is great. It's actually like the best mix of just everything. Do you know what this is like? This is like when I went to the dentist and, you know, I don't have a fear of needles or anything. But for some reason, mm -hmm. when I was sitting in the dentist chair and I saw her like lay out all the tools and I saw that needle, I just got so nervous. And she must have seen it in my eyes because she looked at me. and She's like, no, no, girl, the needle is your friend. You want this shit. She didn't say this shit, but she was like, you want the needle. And as she said that, I realized, like, I thought about dentistry, like, pre-anesthetic. Oh, my Could fucking God. Could you imagine, like, medieval dentistry girl? Like, hearing people screaming as you're walking towards the dentist chair. No, bitch, you want the needle. Like, we are in the future. You want the science. It's the same thing. It's like, you want the synthetic ingredients. Like, yeah, we don't want to be medieval with our skincare. <laughs> uh, no, it's the same. It's truly the same idea. Yeah, I just hate all these companies. I feel like they're just duping everyone. Well, they definitely are because we live in a capitalist society. And so the job, look, like, you know, sometimes I remember I was speaking with somebody, some banker, and they're like a beauty podcast. Well, you know, how many different ideas do you have for that? And I said, Maybelline's been making, figuring out how to make a new mascara once a quarter for the past 100 years. There's enough shit that we can talk about <laughs> with beauty. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. Do you know? And so, but that's because we live in this country where the job is to sell. And if they're like, oh, oh, they want natural shit. Oh, we could give you some natural shit. Bitch, it's always been natural, turns out. By the way, it hasn't always been natural. That was a lie. That was what they're telling you is it's always exactly. been natural and hasn't. That's the lie. I think that what I want people to just understand is that natural, I think like the biggest misconception is that natural equates to better. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. And Okay, here's a really great example is right now what's everybody talking about is like hydroquinone, right? How mm -hmm. hydroquinone is so bad for you because it's uh, linked to cancer and it's been linked to leukemia. But guess where hydroquinone comes from? Wheat. It's mm. like synthesized from a wheat protein, much like all of the other shit is. And so my point is that it's like it doesn't it's not black or white. The lie today it is just that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The lie today is that we live in a black or white society and it's not. It's all gray. There's all so many shades of gray. And I think that that's fine. Do you know the other thing is that like people are like silicones are bad. And granted, yes, the oil companies are evil. <laughs> they are very bad men. They're dicks. And women, they're dicks. However, I'll take some silicone in my skins. I'll take it. Because do you know why? My ass is always breaking out. <laughs> so if I need some silicone to either, like, leave some shit in there or keep some shit out, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you so it. Much. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it. It's helping um, me. I also want to say that it, when I said, like, natural doesn't mean better. Like, I'm not saying that one is better than the other. Yes. They're just different, They're, but yes. also kind of the same. <laughs> I mean, and it also depends, right? And that's why we're always saying, like, if you want to go natural, here's where you go to go natural. Because there's so many levels to this shit, man. There's so many. Um, what's that movie called? Uh, Inception. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there's so many levels to this Inception shit because it's like, you know, yes, there's an idea that something is organic, but like 
where's that really coming from, right? And so that's why we're like, if you truly want to go organic, like you can go to Mountain Rose Herbs. We know that that bitch sings to the plants. Like she truly is like a hippie for the people. Whereas, I don't know, it's exactly what Alex was saying. There's just so many, I feel like, tricks to the trade and so many ways that you can kind of get like bamboozled and not realize it, thinking that you're doing uh, something good. And in fact, you're, you know, contributing to the NRA, unbeknownst to you. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of similar. I think... um... It's not that it's kind of similar, dude. It's like, how many companies do you read about? And then it's just like, oh, my God. It's like, Goya, girl, all I want is to have my fucking Spanish-style rice and my $1.99 black beans. I know. But, like, the owner of Goya is, like, secretly a terrible guy. So now what? I've got to spend four ninety nine for some fucking organic beans? Ugh, or you got to look for Progresso, and they're harder exactly. to find. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> Progresso is progressive. <laughs> Progresso is progressive. Don't know that for a fact, but I bet they are now because I know that I'll give them an angle. God, God. Um, But I wanted to real quick talk about something I learned about on the interwebs. Ooh, tell us about the interwebs. Okay. It's something called chemophobia. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just the irrational fear of chemicals. What? And okay, while it started having absolutely nothing to do with skincare or beauty, it has kind of transferred over to that. So I was reading this interview with a gal named Lisa Guerra on Mira.com, which was hilarious. Yes. (laughs) Um, And she talks about the origins of chemophobia. And she said it started back in World War One with the birth of chemical weapons. There was a popular saying at the time that when something like this, chemists have the ability to turn air into poison, but you'd never know because it's a colorless gas. That is a very scary thought and immediately casted chemistry in like a negative way Mm -hmm. and as chemistry has the power to magically turn something into poisoning someone without you even knowing like that that was the conclusion yeah amongst a lot of people at the time and then it gained even more steam when world war ii broke out and then in the 70s during the environmental movement there was a book called silent spring which i've read part of it you have Um, yes i I forget her name rachel carlson i want to say is the author i forget and It had a really big impact on the way that chemicals were viewed. And the book highlighted the ways in which chemicals were leaking into waterways and into the air we breathe. And while the author raised a number of really important issues, the word chemical just started to become synonymous with like the word pollution and just bad. That's so interesting. It's true. Yeah. This crazy thing of just like chemicals symbolizing greed, destruction, pollution. And there was just like all this backlash and this whole movement, which was needed, but maybe not for like all the reasons that they thought. We're going through that again right now. Yes. And I just thought it was really interesting that that's kind of where that came from. Also, fair enough, Agent Orange, right? Like, yeah, there are obviously chemicals that are fucking terrible and that should not exist (laughs) and definitely shouldn't be getting into anyone's waterways. And they are getting into our waterways, like the fluoride, like we're talking, I mean, not to get like freaky. Yeah. God, we bathe in chemicals sometimes, depending on where you live. Reading from, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about like all the reasons that we would want to detoxify and like use clay. And I saw all of the ways that we're slowly being poisoned from like, okay, I shouldn't say that. That's a little much. But yeah, we all have a lot of different, yeah, poisons. (laughs) chemicals that we're drinking and eating and absorbing in ways that we we didn't know before yeah and I think I mean a lot of that is terrible but I think it's just important to know the differences between chemicals and chemistry 
Ooh, because true. um there's not just like one it's not just one thing. I know. I was getting on like the on the wrong side of that topic. Sorry. <laughs> it's like I'm myself hyped up. <laughs> I'm a total hippie, so it's not like saying that comes easily to me. I just know that I know science. Yeah. And you know. And we're living in a weird time right now. Like we're we're even kind of I'm stumbling over my words because you know where we are with science. It's a weird fucking time. Yeah. But it's good. It's Truly. Good. Do you know, it's like I ran into a friend of mine the other day. Francis. You know, I always tell you about Francis. Oh, yeah. And I ran into him on the train. And um, Francis is like, I've known this kid since he was 16. And, you know, I think he's like maybe 21 now. And um, I was just like, you know, Francis, I'm 36. Da, da, da. And he looked at me. He was like, Elizabeth. You look great. <laughs> He's I like, love I, that. I never would have thought you were 36. But honestly, I swear to God, it's because I'm using all these goddamn chemicals. I swear it's because for the last six years, since I turned 30, I've been using like really, really great skincare. And I've been taking, you know, it's my career. So an above average interest in my own skin health and in the health of like other people's skin and in really great ingredients. But I mean, it's it's look, I'm aging like a fine wine. Girls getting better with age. Can't lie about that. The chemicals are working. With that said, I support whatever skincare, anything anyone wants to use. But I do want to say. I hear you clapping, girl. Say I'm slapping my thigh because <laughs> I'm in my underwears. So my thigh's out. <laughs> I think that there's also this misconception that like natural skincare means that it's more sustainable. And Ooh. I just want to put one thing out there. Say it, Shapiro. I don't know that there is any skincare company that's like super sustainable. Creating a company, you are creating waste, you are creating pollution. Wow. And there's almost no way around it. Wow. At least like mainstream companies, you know. And I just feel like there's not one answer to that. Yeah. You know, there are maybe some natural companies that are more sustainable, but there could also be companies with synthesized ingredients that have a focus on sustainability. So well, and sustainability it, it can is, be it, both it's expensive. Sustainability isn't cheap. Yeah. You know, it's like when we were talking mm-hmm. to Lena and she had to create her own recycling plant. You think that was free? I'm yelling at nobody. You think that was free? <laughs> totally. <laughs> but like that costs money for her to be able to invest. And in. so I say that because a small company might not be able to do that. Like it costs as exactly what you're just saying, Alex. It's just so expensive to be able to do these things that it's like at what size do you have to be to be able to start to rewind your footprint, right? It's like how much yeah. damage do you have to be to and all of us, and it isn't even pointing fingers to any one brand. It's just by being on this planet, by being alive, we're taking up room, we're taking up a carbon footprint, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of places you see now they're saying like this offsets our carbon footprint or we're offsetting our carbon footprint because you're right, there's no way to leave no carbon footprint. It's like how can we make up for the shit that we're already doing? How can we I think in Catholicism they say pay penance. Bitch, you're already fucking up. How can you make it better? But yeah, I just I guess that's all that I wanted to say about that, but I think those are all important points and just things to think about when you're like struggling with should I buy the quote unquote natural product or. Well, with that being said, I do see a lot of people, a lot of brands that are trying to make like refillable packaging or mm-hmm. yeah, just different ways that. For me, that's yeah. more important. Yeah, totally. And people have been writing us and saying like, you know, how do we find things that are, yeah, like that don't use plastics. And it's hard, man. It's really, really hard. It's like. Running a skincare company is not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and I think 
<sighs> yeah. You know what? This is really fucked up, but this might be true. It's because I've been thinking this. Is like, how do you, how do you like have less of an imprint? And like, I realized um, this is going to sound so bougie, but like the Oribe hair care products that I get now, they're really expensive, but I don't, I go through it so much less. Yeah. The products are concentrated. Yes. The products are concentrated and I'm washing my, like I'm using the product more because I love it. Like I love wash day for the first time in my life. I can't wait until like Sunday, like today, like I washed my hair yesterday. I'm going to twist it up today. I've been smelling like rich bitch for two Mm, days. I love it. It smells so good. It smells so good. But I realized I'm washing my hair more, but I'm going through less product. Yes. And I'm, but I'm also paying more money. Whereas I feel like before, it's like I would pay more money and I'd go through more product, but that's also going through more plastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's like you've got to do your own math, but it's like little things like that. I think just like taking stock of like what it is that you're consuming. Yes. And not overusing your products. Use what yes. you need. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So with that, should we let Genesis talk for a little bit? Yes, she's an actual scientist, so maybe, like, she's the one to really listen to. Exactly. Um, so, without further ado, enjoy our chat with Genesis Velasquez. Enjoy, guys. My name is Genesis Velasquez. I am a cosmetic chemist working in cosmetic science. I'm also the host of the Glam Chemist podcast, and I have my own beauty product development company called Elite Gen Innovation. Very cool. What's Elite Gen Innovation? I I saw your website, and I think that I have an idea of what it is that you do, but I'd love to hear from you. Sure. Yeah, I realized visually I kind of geeked out designing the website, and I didn't make it um exactly consumer friendly i kind of went full throttle r&d so um elite gen innovation is a space that independent beauty brands can come to and find resources available to them for beauty product development um in this space it's kind of built for the l'oreal's of the world and the big conglomerates for beauty uh so what i found is that there just wasn't a space for indie beauty to find resources like designers and web designers and formulators Um, So I kind of just assembled the best group of friends and contractors I could find, along with myself, since I have the experience in the lab as well as in product development, and kind of just decided to do it for myself. It started out of necessity um, when I was starting my own brand and helping other folks start their brand. And now it's become this wonderful space with awesome clients that are hopefully going to launch shortly in the spring. And and it's just been a lot of fun. So it's just a space where you get all of the resources that a larger company would have given our years of experience, but tailored to a smaller company with a lower budget and lower minimum order quantities and just making it a little bit more accessible um, so everyone can start their own beauty brands. So you take people from Begin from conception to design to formulation to actual product. Yes, because that's what I did for the big guys for five plus years, along with like some of my colleagues are like 10, 12 years in the industry um, with multiple degrees in cosmetic science. And um, we just kind of, since we've done it in such a larger scale, what we've done is just minimize it into a space that makes it really accessible and also educational for our clients so that they can, you know, walk away and feel confident that someone cared about their brand. And it wasn't just, um, you know, like a private label or 
a contract manufacturer kind of just pushing out your product. So we try our best to customize everything for them the way we would for like a larger um, corporate company. That's so cool. I was just kind of, I wanted to be very specific because I feel like people who aren't like nerds like us, like the layperson probably doesn't understand how products are made or like what that kind of looks like, the the steps that it takes, or even the steps that it would take for someone to say like, oh, I, you know, like I want to make a lipstick, do you know, or I want to start this company or whatever, like what that looks like. And so, uh, yeah, even brands, as you just said, they contract out. They like, I've never worked for a brand actually, so I'm not really sure what brands do, but I imagine they just come up with like an idea. They're just like, oh, what do we need to sell? Look at the numbers. Or how does that go? So yeah, most companies, when you see a launch happen, um, it actually happens in like a long span of time with a lot of moving pieces and a lot of different departments. So the concept comes from either consumer research or a new ingredient that's come out. And so an entire marketing team assembles to come up with an idea and a concept for a brand to develop a product like a lipstick. And then an entire research and development team consisting of chemists and biochemists and analytical chemists and sometimes engineers to design how the how the lipstick's gonna come out of the, the dispenser um, and the tube. So all of these intricate pieces are done by somebody that we'll never probably know their name. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes, it's usually months of development to get it all right, to get the right color, the right, you know, delivery system. Like I said, even the smallest thing is like the orifice for the for like the lip gloss or lip balm to come out of is designed so intricately. The flavors and you know stability and all of that stuff gets done um, long before it ever gets in the hands of folks. So when a lot of my clients come to me, they come from a place of like watching all of these um, brands like launch consistently, like every spring, every summer, every this, every birthday, you know, they see it happen so quickly, but they don't realize that behind the scenes, there's like an entire like mob of Mm -hmm. folks that um, go into auditing every part of it down to, you know, the the box it comes in Mm -hmm. and how, how much room is within Mm -hmm. like, you know, how much room is space between the lipstick itself and the box. Uh, so it doesn't rattle too much. Like all of those intricate details are things that I've been realizing that are like my normal. And I'm learning from my clients that I have to be um, very education forward with them and teaching them like, this is the part of the industry that you may not be familiar with. But now that you're a brand owner, these are all things to consider down to, you know, the bottom line and and even how the consumer experiences. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that I feel like I always is like, I treat it very lax, mm-hmm. but it's, because I've been doing it for enough totally um, years, but it's definitely something that I'm always like drilling into people. Like you have no idea how much effort and work went into this beautiful piece of machine, like machinery that you probably just thought was pretty and you put it on and it makes you look great and feel great. But an entire team of people have collaborated to design it. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if i no, that's, covered that's all of perfect. it, but I, love <laughs> I get that. pretty excited when I talk about product development. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> kind of my favorite thing to do. I love that. So you are a chemist first and a designer second, would you say? Yes, I definitely um, am a chemist first. I kind of always say that I lean on other folks um, because there's like formulators and people that have gotten degrees in cosmetic science. And those are folks that like I seek to for certain resources. Um, my understanding is in general chemistry and my passion is in cosmetic science. So I happen to like get the degree in the nerdy thing and then fall into like the really cool cosmetic science space. Cool. So we've been doing a series called um, Hippie Shit. 
<laughs> where we're kind of talking about all natural ingredients <laughs> and like explaining to our listeners why people are so interested in, you know, oils and essential oils and herbs and and all of these things. And so I was excited to speak with you because I'd like to speak on the opposite side, the opposite end of the spectrum is why using synthesized ingredients is great because, you know, we always say like not everything all natural mm -hmm. is great and not everything that's all synthesized is bad. And there's a gray area in between. So we'd love for you to play the devil's advocate <laughs> and kind of talk to us about like, you know, your specialty. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation that comes up every day with clients as well. And um, we talk about it on the podcast, too, because I probe this with other chemists, um, you know, the whole like natural-esque and clean beauty um, like, I don't want to say that it's all commercial because there's true technology there, but it is really a story that consumers are really gravitating towards. And I understand why, um, you know, we want to make sure that folks, especially now that there's an educated level of uh, an educated wave of consumers, I understand why folks are like, I want to know what's going into my stuff. I want to know that it's a hundred percent what it's supposed to be and not, you know, any sort of manufactured space. So, um, as a chemist, I like to always remind folks that um, efficacy is important. So like just because they're natural or unsynthesized or um, I guess like sourced in a specific way doesn't mean that they're as effective or more effective than something that's genetically created. Um, so synthetic materials like synthetic oils or synthetic fragrances, um, sometimes that's done because there's just isn't technology to keep it stable. Uh, for example, you know, like there's a reason why we put specific preservatives in our foods because it has to have a proper shelf life. Um, otherwise, we'd be refrigerating everything that we own. <laughs> and the same goes for skincare and personal care. You know, soaps um, are a big thing that I've spent a lot of time working in. And I remember having to work on things that were quote unquote natural esque or unsynthetic or, or free of XYZ add whatever, <laughs> add whatever ingredient you want to add to that dot, dot, dot. And just stability itself wouldn't last or some sort of microbe testing, which is, you know, a big part of efficacy in, in personal care and skincare. You don't want something to um, mold. You don't want anything to break down. You don't want anything to separate. Um, so as a chemist, I'm always kind of advocating for things that I know have technology that will keep a formula stable. And sometimes that means using something that's, you know, synthetic or something that's, um, you know, created in a lab. Um, because it was created with purpose. So that's where I kind of like teeter-totter. Um, I love making the claims. I love, you know, accommodating to clients who want to use those claims or even use some specific products that are not synthetic and some that are quote-unquote natural. Uh, but I always kind of remind them that we still have to feature ingredients that are going to make the product effective and safe. Uh, so that's like where I kind of sit. <laughs> like a yes, no, no, maybe depending on the project. I like that mix. I mean, it's, it's what we've got to do, you know, like I can make it hundred percent natural, but then those are the ones that like, I mean, there was a, we talked about it in the podcast. There was like a very specific issue a few months ago with a brand that was organic and um, people were like reporting it, like they would open their pots and it'd be full of like green mold. And so it's like, you can't have a no preservative product with organic ingredients and not expect it to spoil. Um, and so like, you can have all those wonderful claims and present it so beautiful on your website, but if it's not an effective product or if it doesn't get to people safely, then it's like you kind of drop the ball there. Um, so that's why I always try to teach folks. It's like we can have a lovely formula that features both, but there's a reason why it doesn't exist 
as is somewhere. Totally. I feel like especially with preservatives, I don't know like where in time that the word preservative became (laughs) like a bad word, but it did. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but most products based on what's in them, they need a preservative. And a preservative is not always some toxic thing. It's very weird. It's the same with parabens, I guess. Yeah. And even that, like, you know, we can find solutions to, and that, you know, R&D folks and suppliers spend most of their year developing something that meets that need and that claim. Um, but it's not going to be a hundred percent, you know, you, you have to, there's a reason why we have medicine. There's a reason, I mean, even the Egyptians preserve their things. There's a reason why we need to keep it um, sustainable. Otherwise you're just spending $50 on a serum every two weeks and you got to toss the rest. But yeah, I don't understand. That's definitely something that we talk about a lot in the science community in the cosmetic science community. We don't understand where these um, concepts have been rooted from or where these like groups have come from just kind of adding to the no list uh, I don't know. I don't know what could influence it. I mean, folks are getting more educated, which I love. Like, ask me about ingredients. I would love to share more information to you about ingredients. But for you to say that, like, one is better than the other just seems like a little bit of um, cognitive dissonance where you're, like, not listening to me when I say it's effective, (laughs) Uh, which is where, like, at some point, all of us just have to, like, sit back and be like, okay, you're right, whatever you say. Okay, I back off on this one. (laughs) I am curious about the difference between, like, quote unquote, good and bad ingredients. Like what I have like my kind of idea of what I think of as like a bad ingredient, but I don't think of it as any one type. Do you know what I mean? I think of it like as sort of like, but also I'm not a chemist. So you tell me, I kind of think of it like um, there's a generic of everything, right? There's like the good stuff. And then there's like (laughs) the cheap stuff and the cheap stuff. We've all used the cheap stuff. I don't know what makes it cheap. I just know my skin don't like it. I've Mm -hmm. used the good stuff. I know my skin likes the good stuff. Yeah. So what's the difference between the two? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's like a, again, like a designation between good and bad. There's definitely like expensive and affordable um, because there's different markets. So like a raw material, the way it's refined and the way it's uh, sourced or the way it's manufactured, like the single material itself, uh, like let's say like a, a jojoba oil, it can be refined in one way which is the more affordable way. So like you get a little bit of the extra minerals because it's sourced in a specific way. You know, it's not necessarily like purified or whatever that might be. And then there's like the luxe experience where like there's absolutely nothing in that other than the pure jojoba oil. It's a very refined oil, similar to like avocado oil. And um, it's designed specifically to be used in that space. So like you can have... um, the way chemicals are even designed and the way some of our ingredients are designed, they'll be tailored for skincare to be compatible with skincare products. They'll be tailored to be compatible with hair care products. They'll be tailored to be compatible with soap specifically or personal care. Um, but some folks, you know, might use the um, affordable option and kind of toss it into everything. So I don't know that there's a good and a bad ingredient. Um, obviously now there's regulations on ingredients that I'm loving that the United States is catching up on that most of the rest of the universe has already banned and gotten rid of or found some way to regulate. But I think it's also about the consumer experience. A lot of brands are really good at tailoring their products to be more expensive and more luxe and feel good and feel better because they spent more time and energy on the consumer experience. They're thinking about like, for a cleanser, for example, they're thinking about how's it going to lather? What ingredients should be used in this for it to 
feel cleanly and feel effective, you know, that means that they're going to pump in some more effective ingredients, less good, but effective, and maybe not have as much of a water content the way a affordable one would. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. But it's just like there's just two levels of consumer spaces that we're trying to meet. Yeah. There's not really like a good and a bad. There's more like affordable and expensive. Yeah. Is that is that well explained? I don't know. <laughs> it is, but it's I have more questions. Yeah, by all means. So you're saying that there's a difference between using a jojoba that's like very rich in minerals, which I would think of like the unrefined, and then there's one that's more refined. So in like the all natural mm-hmm. space, it's always get the unrefined. You want the unrefined because that's the purest. But you're saying that in your space, you want a more refined jojoba because a more refined is better for chemists. Yes, because that means that there's nothing obstructing the formula structure. So like even um, like think about the way we purify our water. Um, When we formulate, we use distilled water that runs through several pumps so that it gets all of there's there's a a word that's completely eluded me. And I'm sure the minute that I hang up with you guys, it's going to come right back. Um, There's a system in place to kind of remove all of those additional um, yes, like the minerals and this, the salts and the all this stuff, algaes. Oh, exactly. the reverse osmosis. Is that what you're talking about? No. Yeah. So something that completely refines it and brings it down to its true form so that we can look at you being a scientist know, so that you words. can make sure that whatever you're developing is bonding exactly the way that you need it. To. True H2O. So that means that there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing obstructing that performance, that specific uh, chemical bond. So it's going to have the most rich and most effective um, structure, molecules. Yes, exactly. It's going to have the most effective structure because there's nothing there. Also, it's going to be the most pure version of that. Mm. So we're going to try to purify it so that that's the ingredient and we can be 100% certain that that's the ingredient. So yeah, unrefined um, is also something that's heavily used in hair care. Um, Like I know that a lot of people like to use like unrefined like oils because they're waxier, they're more tacky, they have more, um, they have less slip. So that's just like another thing that I, that goes back to the consumer experience. Mm -hmm. If we think that based on this like texture and experience, um, you know, this feels more natural. If it has honeycombs in it, it feels more natural. If it's, you know, if you can see the crystallized structure, you it looks more natural. Mm-hmm. And so the perception and the story is there, which is something that we can totally market towards and there's a consumer base for it. Um, but then when there's technology involved, uh, you know, like the best retinol in the market right now that's the most effective is a grand active retinoid and it's synthesized. It's a synthetic retinoid that's made by the grant industries company um, they've worked many years on it. It's the most sensitive and most effective retinol um, derivative of retinoid. And it's something that they have to manufacture. Well, yeah, otherwise you're just rubbing blueberries on your face. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that synthetic is bad. It's also like, you know, that's something that we have to make sure is the best quality or the, the most effective quality. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day 
at sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When I think of using all natural oils and things like that, the reason that I want to use them is because of the natural vitamins that they have within them, right? The unrefined mm-hmm. bits. So what you're saying is when you take those oils and you're using them within within synthesized ingredients or within products, even because it's unrefined, does it still have its vitamins and like the nutrients is part one and part two is if not, do you then go and put that into the product separately? So a lot of them themselves have the function of having those. So like, um, what's a good example? Vitamin E to cough roll. It has all these natural antioxidants within its structure, mm-hmm. um, which classifies it as an effective um, natural antioxidant. So us making sure that it's the purest form without it having anything obstructing its efficacy. So like no additional particles of any kind, like that makes it a uh, ingredient that is far easier to keep stable in the lab. It's much easier to work with. Mm-hmm. You kind of, if, if something goes wrong, you can kind of pinpoint what the issue is. When we use, um, I guess, like more affordable practices or what you would deem like, you know, maybe bad ingredients, what happens is that they or like a natural ingredient, it can obstruct the entire structure of a formula mm-hmm. because there's so many more elements to something that's coming directly from nature and hasn't been properly refined and put into like a more sterilized space. Totally. That now you have all of these hurdles to jump through as a formulator. Maybe the consumer doesn't see this, um, but like I'll go back to that example of like an organic product. You know, an organic ingredient still has to go through all of the refining portions for us to be able to use it in the lab and have all the proper certifications to use it in your skincare. Mm. Uh, You know, taking organic turmeric and like pressing it down and using it at home, it's still going to spoil over time because there's so many other elements that you haven't considered where the soil come from, how cleanly it is. Did you run it through a presser? Did the presser have its own minerals coating on the, um, the actual, like sometimes machinery has coating to keep it from um, sticking. So like that all forms a bond of some sort that can obstruct the structure of your formula, Mm -hmm. which is why when we manufacture things and it's, it's in a completely sterilized space, you know, you're not allowed to come in your regular clothes. You have to put a full lab coat on, you have to wrap your hair, like anything that gets in the way of having a more like refined product is going to cause some sort of issue in stability or some sort of issue in microbials. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why it's a little bit difficult to formulate with quote unquote natural products and quote unquote, you know, like good 
ingredients, yeah. um, which is why everyone's finding new technologies. Right. And that still includes some sort of, including some sort of preservative in there. Yes. Um, it might be a naturally uh, derived preservative, but it's still something that has to be done in order to find an effective product. So I think that's the thing that even consumers don't necessarily know. Like there's some of the products that you might love, you know, you think, okay, this has to be good because they told me that it's, there's all this great stuff in it. You know, it's, it's natural, it's um, organic, it's ethically sourced. It's from, I know where they have pictures of where they found, you know, the jojoba oil and where they got it from, but then there's still other ingredients in there that makes it an effective product. So like the emulsifiers are probably synthetic. Totally. Something that makes it, the emulsifiers that makes it nice and thick. Um, this, the surfactants are probably um, lab made because that's causing a nice lather. So there's certain things in there that you would need in a formula to um, perfect that consumer experience that maybe you don't focus on because there's a wonderful story behind it about how they ethically source this wonderful hoba and how they refined it in their labs and, you know, all of these wonderful, intricate stories, not to shit on like, you know, marketing because it's a whole storyline. I love a good story. But I think that (laughs) some consumers are really well-versed on the marketing portion and consider themselves educated consumers on the R&D portion. I think that what I would call that is clean beauty. Do you know what I mean? I would call that like, do you know what I mean? Caring about the ingredients that go in, but also knowing and understanding that like, yes, bacteria is a real thing. Rancidity is real. Also, I don't want to, I'm trying to stop myself from aging. How am I going to do that with just olive oil? If that was the case, ain't nobody (laughs) be aging. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that easy. I mean, there's some ladies that perfected that and I don't know how. Some, but not all. The rest rest (laughs) of us need a little out there we need some chemistry yeah they you just know? need a little coconut oil underneath the arms and all <laughs> underneath their elbows and all of a sudden they look fine but yeah no i agree i think i'm hoping that the that the um perception of clean beauty is exactly as you described mm-hmm. is that what we hear all the time not really and it's kind of it's a it's a really confusing space for consumers and it's a really intimidating space for chemists because I feel like we always have to defend what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a shitty space for science anyway. We're always defending something. But specifically to folks that are deeming things good and bad, um, you know, it's a little bit difficult to formulate in that space because even some of our marketing teams, you know, they don't have a ton of understanding of how it really goes down in the lab. Totally. But they have, you know, these wonderful ideas of what to create. Um, and with enough technology, I'm sure we'll create it all one day, but it's definitely a, a cat and mouse game. I mean, fair. One. It's like, we can't all just like Elizabeth Holmes our way through life. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't just be like, <laughs> I want to make a tiny thing and just tell everybody we're making the tiny thing. But I feel like that's what we're all doing. We're all kind of but Elizabeth Holmes. We're all like looking and being like, this is bad. And it's like, bitch, you're a scientist. Yeah. You've got a cool yeah. chemistry degree. <laughs> Like the most, the highest STEM education that I have post high school is beauty school. (laughs) Beauty school But that's pretty intricate because they make you take chemistry and like- Barely, girl. You probably understand what's compatible more than most folks. Like, you know, not to put any of the AHAs with any of the retinoids. Like, you know that. True. (laughs) I mean, I have a, a basic understanding, but then there's things like for forever, I would walk around being like, well, this has alcohol in it and that's bad. And it's like, no, you don't know that it no. takes the alcohol to like dissolve this other. I mean, there's different kinds of alcohol. And there's a, like, exactly those little bits aren't. Taught yeah. You. Like things that like I, I don't know, you know, exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm just a lay person who knows how to read. <laughs> that does not make me. Yeah, but like even that, you know, I think that's why I don't want to deem anything good and bad, because as um, Alex mentioned, Alcohols, there's so many di- different derivatives of an alcohol, and there's so many different functions for it in different formulas. 
Um, so like when people just see the word, if they deem it bad, then they're going to steer away from it or have some sort of reaction to it or write a comment about it or question it when they don't really know, like they're not looking at the entire nomenclature and why it's placed in the formula. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think um, that's like what the point I was trying to make earlier is just like there's certain things that are part of a lovely story that we all want to also like include and obviously have effective products. But there's things that just need to be incorporated into formulas for them to be stable and safe and effective. Um, And I think the key word today is just efficacy. You know, you can think all of these things, um, but just think about what is structured and made in a space that you feel comfortable putting it on your face or your body. Um, And there's a reason why or there's a reason why there's an FDA you know, regulation towards it, even in our labeling processes. So it's just a lot of things that like consumers don't think of, but it's like our job to think about. Um, And also it's a job to combat it. But I love sharing information. Like I appreciate the questions. No, absolutely. I think that this is the issue. The issue is that this is reminding me of, I'm sorry to go off topic, but this is reminding me of an episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where uh, Dorit is walking around saying she's never gotten any plastic surgery and uh, Lisa Vanderpump is like she's got a whole different face what the fuck is she talking about but Dorit has only gotten filler and Botox and to her that isn't plastic surgery so she's like bitch I ain't ever gotten a plastic surgery these people are walking around saying oh I only use all natural ingredients meanwhile they are using filler and Botox and like claiming you know what I'm saying it's like this complete and that's why the consumer is yeah. confused because they truly think all you have to do is drink water and eat carrots and you're gonna look like you know, Gigi Hadid. Yeah. And it's like, no. I think like, yeah, there's a whole, that's a great analogy of like injectables aren't (laughs) cosmetic, isn't cosmetic surgery, but still cosmetic enhancement. So like, yeah, it's, it's natural or it's the claim is natural or vegan or whatever, but like, well, vegan is the one that's really certified, but like the claim is natural. And, um, you know, there still has to be something in there that's synthetic. I mean, I, the one thing that, um, a lot of folks in our community now that we're like developing this great space on social media. Um, there's this one like real where Asia Fee, who's um, the alchemist Asia, she talks about uh, people saying like, oh, I don't want any chemicals in my, on my skin. I don't want any chemicals in any of my products. And it's like water. water (laughs) what do you want us to do with that one yeah (laughs) like I think you know people have a perception of of like you said that's a great analogy of like it's an injectable I didn't actually get anything done yeah 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 (laughs) yeah it's all me it's just hyaluronic acid like I make that already (laughs) yeah totally well the hilarious thing was the guy that I was dating at the time bought it he was like well she says that she doesn't have any plastic surgery what do you want to say and I'm like that's how this whole thing continues. That's how this whole cycle continues is that everybody's believing that that's just natural. And it's like, no, you're playing word games. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, let's not forget that until, I mean, the sun's still coming up today. Till this day, most of beauty was created and developed by men, assuming and telling us what we like to use and then mm-hmm. marketing towards things that we wanted to hear, that they thought that we wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. So um, what I'm loving about the educated consumer now is, yes, ask those questions, but don't deem it something um, good or bad just yes. based on, you know, maybe bias reading or, or you know, even just like, you know, the Facebook moms are hard. They're hard to please, man. I hear about this. <laughs> I don't know what to do another, anymore. <laughs> here's another perfect example is I'll ask, well, always ask people what their skincare routine is or specifically for um, like when we're doing brow services, do you use any uh, exfoliating ingredients, any acids or any uh, dermatologist prescribed skincare? And everybody always says, well, I use hyaluronic acid. 
And we always have to say, okay, that's not Mm -hmm. the same type of acid. But the fact that everybody thinks this, that everybody puts hyaluronic Mm -hmm. acid on their face, they don't feel nothing. It's not tingling, but everybody thinks that it's truly yeah. acid in the same way that glycolic or that lactic acid is, is a perfect example, I think, of how the consumer is so educated, but they're not. They're uneducated because everybody's walking around with a humectant calling it an acid. Even though it is an acid, they're not wrong, but not in the same way yeah. in which these other products are. That's why it goes back to what we mentioned earlier, like deeming some a word specifically good and bad mm-hmm. adds to those issues. Totally. You know, acid, alcohol, like something, a, a silicone. People hate silicones. I don't know I why. Know. I like, love silicone. I, I don't love know why. silicone. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> like, yeah, I love silicones. I'm always pushing people to use silicones. Like if you want to slip and you don't want to feel like that squeaky clean that I don't understand why anybody would want. Um, you need a silicone, ma'am. Like, I don't know what to say. For makeup, I don't want that sinking into my skin, please on top it's just stripping you of all of the moisture and yeah we can yeah i mean we can talk about this <laughs> I, I can get really angry about silicone it's like i have curly hair so like when i talk to people i'm like you need even when you know pattern says they don't use silicones they don't use dimethicone mm-hmm. they don't use a specific kind of silicone they use a completely different type of silicone that adds the same amount of slip um but yeah I can talk about that all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very passionate about my silicones because yeah. it's like it's just a pain in the neck when I talk to people with. They were like, "I want to have natural hair, but I don't want silicones." But I don't want it to hurt when, like, I want it to be like a nice, easy detangle. We want it all. We want it all in today's world. Yeah. I mean, we're trying as chemists. We're trying our best. What I love about the community that's growing on social media is that they're being very honest and candid about providing education Mm -hmm. and people are very receptive and those folks like you who have questions we're going to just be you know as honest as we can and anything that we don't know we'll refer you to more information but just like be open to it and don't deem something like bad or tell us like i don't know just attack us on our information like don't attack the information (laughs) yeah (laughs) well here's here's another thing is you know i think we're living in an age of social media fame so somebody does their makeup very well in many different ways and suddenly they're a makeup artist but they've never worked on anybody else and mm-hmm. you know this is the same thing i think that we're talking about is like one person has an experience with something this works for me this didn't work for me this did work for me ergo it will work for all and <laughs> it's just not true and also I mm-hmm. okay so I'm gonna admit something I was one of these people I was on the commune when I first became an esthetician because I read a book and I thought well now now I know everything and no more chemicals for me receptive. because I went to <laughs> aesthetic school girl and I learned about the body and and also I spent the past 10 years working on other people's skin and learning about what works for me and what works for them and how different people can handle different things and different skin needs different things and so Yes, you're right. I'm open to it, but also because I've experienced this in working and in just like being in the field. And the same goes for you. You do this for a living. Like you've worked and done this many, many times. You know all the things that the other side doesn't know. The internets doesn't know. Yeah, I totally fell for like, you know, I'm still young in the industry, but I totally fell for the YouTube craze. Like I was the one spending thousands of dollars on things I did not need a year mm-hmm. um, and having 17 different palettes with the same five skews of color and, you know, not buying the dupes at CVS because I'm too good for those and spending hundreds of dollars at Sephora because this is the best primer. And it wasn't until I was literally working in those spaces for the contractors that make those products that I'm like, you mean it's the same thing? Like you, <laughs> you mean to tell me this entire fucking time it was the same 
thing. Like we're literally in a lab making, my friend has this story where she's like, I'm literally in a lab making Fenty Beauty and It Cosmetics and ELF, like, and using ELF as like the benchmark. Wow. It's the same thing, mm, but yeah. we're just putting a lovely name on it and obviously like enhancing it to make yes. it feel more luxe. But when it's, when you're talking about like, you know, the effectiveness of a formula or like a, a primer, for example, like you can go for the dupe. And I, it took me a long time working in the industry to just like be okay with going to CVS and picking up like the dupe yeah. and being okay with it, not putting like a, a stamp on it because, oh, this has to be better because it's more expensive or it has to be better because it's the good stuff. You know, so it's it's all trial and error. I mean, also what you're talking about specifically with makeup is it's it's there's such a difference with between like makeup artists who do it for a living, who are on set, who need things to exactly be effective, to last, to be very highly pigmented. And you who's going out for one night with a drink with your homegirls who's going to smudge it all by the end of the night anyway. Get the dupe. Valid point. <laughs> Valid points. I mean, I'm not doing a photo shoot for 16 hours. You know what I mean? That's what I learned when I got my makeup done for the first time. And I was like, bitch is bomb. <laughs> like, why were we beat to the gods going to see? Like, literally, like, there's, I look back at some of my pictures. And I don't know why we survived the 2010s. But I'm like, why was I wearing so much makeup to go, like, to the mall with my friends? Like, there's no need for me to have seven layers of something. An expensive something that I now have to replace. Yeah. Again, another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. 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 But that's all. Yeah. Like, again, you know, really great marketing convinced all of us that certain things were good and certain things were bad. And I've only really learned much like you have is just the applications of things. And every day I'm learning something different, too. Mm -hmm. You know, some of my clients are bringing ideas to me that I didn't even think about, um, you know, like certain formulations that I'm just accustomed to using or ingredients that like we were that were totally fine maybe a year ago now regulatory standards have you know elevated and now we realize okay yeah now we have to find substitutes for these things so it's as long as you're receptive to the information and not just like stuck in that yes no by like zeros and ones i appreciate that from books you know because yeah. we're figuring it out like i don't know everything when it comes to cosmetics it's a very broad scope but um if you continue learning and you allow the space to learn different things then you know, you'll feel more comfortable with what you're using and we won't be questioning the difference between synthesized and all natural ingredients. Um, we'll be thinking about effective products versus ineffective products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. This has been really fun. I learned so much. That was great. Of course. And any other questions, send them my way. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we might get some after this airs. Yes, for sure. Our listeners are very smart. They nerds. They beauty baddies, but yeah. they're nerds. <laughs> I mean, you guys are so brilliant too. Ah. Like you guys know a lot for folks that aren't like chemists. Like you totally put on a lab coat and start giving like, a nice little lecture. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I would love to scam some people. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, you're knowledgeable. I put the stamp on it. <laughs> it's more so the lab coat, girl. The lab coat, it elevates you. They're like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm, I want to tell a story real fast about she that she knows things I used to work a job yeah. as an esthetician where I had to wear scrubs and I went into this place that I would always go to get you know like a snack or lunch and I walk in and I don't know what was happening but one of the workers at this market was like oh there, there's a nurse and I was just like oh my god no 
I'm it's just not me. a waxer. I'm not qualified. <laughs> I can't help you. But I was like, wow, it's all I need is some scrubs. And they're like, come here and do CPR. Perform surgery right yeah. now. Yeah. Mom, look, I made it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really waxing pussy all day. I'm a nurse. Oh that was so good. <laughs> both respectable jobs, Mom. Both respectable. Both doing the Lord's work. And both were scrubs. <laughs> um, would you share uh, with our listeners how they can support you, where you'd like them to find you on the internet um, and all the things? Yeah, I mean, everything's growing, but um, you can find me on my website, theelitegen.com, if you need my services or if you have any questions. Um, we are also on Instagram and Pinterest at the Elite Gen. And then myself, you can find on Instagram and LinkedIn as Genesis Velasquez. Um, got the podcast, which is The Glam Chemist. And we're on, we have a website, The Glam Chemist, a TikTok, The Glam Chemist, and Instagram and Facebook. Um, but basically just like Google my name and there'll be a link tree somewhere. She's everywhere. Finding all of that content that we're developing. But yeah, just look out for us. And then um, I try to like work with a lot of like Latin magazines to encourage more women in STEM and Latinas in STEM. So definitely follow me on LinkedIn if you want to read more about how to get involved in STEM. Um, but yeah, thanks yes. for having me. This has been Thank a lot you of fun. So thanks much. for letting me geek out. Yeah. Uh, let me know if you have more questions. We definitely will. Because <laughs> this sure. has been fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This has been great. I feel very smart today. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Hope you all loved that chat with Genesis and that you learned some real deal science shit. Yes, real deal science shit. From a scientist, not just two estheticians. <laughs> exactly. Um, so do you know what this episode reminded me of? What? Shapiro, I think it's time that we take the kids back to beauty school. I mean, not like beauty. So we don't need to start to do the beauty school episodes again. But it's been a while since we've just started from the beginning and talked about cleansers, serums, correctives. I think we could give them their masters. I think the beauty baddies have earned <laughs> their, you know, bachelors. And I think we can go to the next level. And maybe after a summer skin series, because I've been talking to y'all on the virtual consults. And I'm like, these bitches know. They know mm -hmm. they're ready for some next level shit. I think we got to remind, remind the peoples what a proper skincare routine looks like, what it yes. should have, the serums, the correctives, the antioxidants. I want to tell you all about antioxidants again. I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save my shoe story. <laughs> okay. Oh, the fa my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, I think it's time though. I think the beauty baddies have earned their bac baccalaureate. <laughs> yeah. We can kind of bring it all together. Yeah. I think they're ready to get their master, maybe even PhD. Mm. Y'all might be ready. Well, we don't even have our PhD yet. So let's not get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, not yeah, get crazy. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> finish college. <laughs> I don't know if I should be teaching you anything. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be really good. So the other thing that I want to say real, real quick about um, synthesized ingredients is that, you know, your girl be dealing with breakouts mm -hmm. <laughs> and with breakouts comes hyperpigmentation. If you have any type of melanin in your skin, which I got lots of melanin in my skin, it's pretty. So I've been uh, I just recently did a big reorder of um, PCA products. And this isn't my beauty baddie moment of the week, although it should be. And I just have to say, this shit is working so fast to turn my skin around. 
it's like, oh, that's what I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. And here's why I say this is because in the meantime, since I've been waiting for all this stuff to arrive, because PCA don't ship fast. That's what they don't do. The products they really work don't. fast. They don't ship fast. <laughs> is I've been using my little oils, my little creams, my little oils, my little natural products over here. And it's like within one week, I'm like, bitch, I knew you were fine. I knew it. You just had to get back there. You just had to get back there. <laughs> so good. And it's not that, like I said, it's not that the natural products weren't working. They were working aight, but your girl's back. And that's that's that synthesized. That's that beautiful synthesized, you know, medical grade skincare. There you go. There you go. I love it. With that, you want to do our beauty baddie moments of the week? Yes. And mine has to do with um, medical grade skincare. Will you tell the people what it is? Yes. So the beauty baddie moment of the week is where we recap a moment during the week that we felt beautiful in a non-traditional way. These can be moments of growth, moments of self-care, moments of happiness, whatever. Um, My beauty baddie moment of the week is last night I did my um, revival mask from Environ. Mm. And it's very nice. They like to call it a facelift in a jar. And it has like five different acids and it's kind of hydrating and it's just really nice. And I'll usually leave it on for like 20 minutes or I'll mix it in with my vitamin A and sleep in it. But last night I just let it sit on for probably a half hour. Mm. And my skin looked so much better. Just like a little things like that. I love that. Putting a little effort in. Making me it. feel good. I love this for you. Thanks. Um, my beauty baddie moment of the week is um, this morning I woke up, I made a coffee, and I called my accountant. And that. I just felt like a bad bitch. Like just doing my bad bitch <laughs> accounting first thing in the morning <laughs> just like taking care of that. business do you know what I mean and it felt really taking really care of business. yeah man it just felt really good because like I always joke like you know I know how to make money but a bitch can't count a bitch can't count and <laughs> she's not good with numbers she doesn't see them not good with numbers they flip upside down they're just really difficult for me and this past two years I've been trying to just like uh, surround myself with people who are professionals and who are really, really fucking good at their job because I'm really, really fucking good at my job. And that means that I don't have to be good at every job. And so I got a great accountant who knows that I'm crazy and knows that I can't count. And so he counts for me and he takes great <laughs> care of me. And he's like my second dad. And so <laughs> I love it. I love it, too. And so I just felt I don't know. I just felt like a bad bitch. Just like taking care of business. Yeah. First thing in the morning. So that's my beauty baddie moment of the week. I decided just as it was happening. I, I love that. Yeah. That is a beauty baddie moment of the week. If I ever heard one. It's true. I guess that's also my lessons of people. It's like I used to beat myself up a lot about this because I'm very good at a lot of other aspects of the business. And this is just one that's always been like really difficult for me. And really, I've just always really struggled with it. And it was um, honestly with Savochi. Savochi was like, look, Elizabeth, you're very good at a lot of other aspects of your job. You're really good at making money. I can be really good at this part for you. And that was like a really big... Oh, okay. All right. All right. So you don't just have to be superwoman for everything? 
All right. But then, you know what I mean? But then also, don't just trust anybody with your money, people. Make sure this is somebody that, like... Oh, my God. That you really trust. Like, you really, really trust. Like, like, when I was going through my breakup, this was, like, the person that I was talking to. (laughs) And he's like, Elizabeth, what happened? (laughs) He's also your therapist. He's also my therapist, honestly, which is great. Um, Yeah, so get you an accountant like that. That's also your dad slash a therapist. (laughs) I love it. And that's it. Do you want to tease any episodes? Oh, what's coming up next? Not just the summer series. We already told them we got the SPF episodes coming up for you guys. Your girl is oiling herself up, looking fresh, breaking out, and doing all these things for you because I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm trying all of these different SPFs so that y'all know which ones are the ones to get. And so we're going to have that episode coming up soon. You can DM or email us your listener letters and your beauty baddie moments of the week on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast or our email, True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow our personal Instagram. <laughs> you can follow our personal Instagram accounts. I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. There's some fun design things there. I'm Alex Lindley. There's nothing there. <laughs> um, if you live locally, you can make an appointment at TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com to come hang at our Greenpoint location at 166 Franklin Street. Um, if you don't live locally, you can book a virtual skincare consultation at TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com. And that's it. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a COCBK production produced by Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro, mixed by Beta Wave. Follow us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.